At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the DC City Cast with Frank Hanrahan, presented by Bet Rivers. DC City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Frank Hanrahan from VEASAN. This is a Monday edition of the DC City Cast, and there is so much to get to. So I'm really excited to have you on board. Uh, from a DC perspective, I think the uh, I think that ship has sailed on Jimmy Garoppolo, but you never know. We got reaction to what happened this weekend. Two days now away from the Washington football team's unveiling of a new nickname, new logo, new colors, you name it. It is time to trade Bradley Beal from the Wizards to somebody else. We'll get into that. Uh, Social media has just broken me with all of their hype videos. We're going to discuss that. And oh, by the way, I thought Tom Brady was supposed to retire. So much to get to. That's straight ahead on the DC CityCast presented by Bed Rivers. Yeah, man, it's great to be back with you. Such an interesting and um, ever-flowing weekend. So much to chat about. You know, Saturday, all the buzz was TV 12. He's hanging them up. And then by today, it's like, oh, I I totally forgot that Tom Brady apparently is going to retire because, again, the high level of the NFL playoffs on Sunday. How did you do? How did you do this weekend? Myself personally, as you hopefully know, I gave out the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So I was a documented one and one on the weekend. And I also gave you Rafael Nadal to win the Australian Open. So I'm happy about that. At least I, I gave you a two and one weekend. Betting against uh, one of the best ever is hard to do. And he showed why. Fantastic victory for Nadal, winner. Now he holds the all-time lead at Grand Slams. But I know you're not here to talk about tennis. But I'm two and one on the weekend. Documented now twenty and twenty-three. One and one in NFL picks. So let's get to what happened this weekend. And I have I have wax poetic on this podcast about not only when it comes to competitive sports or competitive people when you're wagering on these games and you see Kansas City goes up 21 to 3 what did you think you were like I knew this was the case I knew Kansas City was a better team I knew their offense was so unstoppable 
I knew that they were the right choice. And you know what happened? The Chiefs agreed with you. And they totally took their foot off the gas. They were up 21 to 10, deep in the red zone. And instead of kicking a field goal, getting those points, they go for it with like three or four seconds left, and they get stopped. They had no timeouts, and we all know that that play at the end of the first half when they did not get a touchdown or any points was the turning point in this game. They're up 21-3. Bengals game back, got it to down to 11. Chiefs respond. They go right down the field, and they can't punch it in for any points. And it was as if the whole momentum, the whole game, the whole outlook changed right then and there. But... The Chiefs and those who had money on the Chiefs were thinking, all right, that's okay. We'll, we'll, hey, second half will start, same domination. We'll be okay. Yeah, we, we flubbed it there at the end of the first half, but we're fine. We're good. We're good. And Cincinnati had other ideas, and they took that stop, and the whole narrative changed from that play. It was as if... Patrick Mahomes got thunderstruck in the second half. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever seen the movie Thunderstruck (laughs) with Kevin Durant? When he gets hit by lightning or something and becomes terrible. Patrick Mahomes had performance anxiety in the second half. It was like a chicken with his head cut off. Like, what what was he doing? the, The pressure got to him. And Cincinnati sensed it. They sensed blood. It was in the water. And Joe Burrow remaining calm, remaining medium was fantastic. Now, I don't want to say one play changed everything, but that stop at the end of the first half changed the entire dynamic of this game. It could have been 28-10, all she wrote, but instead they get a stop. They go into the uh, break. Regroup. Their defense was fantastic. Not exactly sure about those halftime adjustments, but whatever they did, that adjustment was fantastic. And the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was, I don't know what he was doing. Cincinnati's defense, fantastic. Causing turnovers, wreaking havoc. Putting pressure on Kansas City who did not respond. Now, I do have to add this little nugget to the end of the game. Well, they go to overtime. Kansas City wins the wins toss. You thought it was over, but no, they don't do anything offensively. Bengals get the football, go down the field with ease. But there is an asterisk to this, and yet again, another blown call by the officials. And I don't want to drone on and on about it, But it did have an effect on the outcome of the game. As you know, listening to this podcast presented by Bed Rivers, you know that I have an issue with the way that these leagues officiate their games because they are so hell-bent on getting everything pitch perfect, precisely correct. Oh, but except when there's a play that is clearly obvious. Eh, whatever. Well, hello. Whoops. Sorry, we missed it. Joe Mixon fumbled the football late in the game to set up that field goal in overtime. And yet the broadcasting crew, 
had no idea what was going on. I think Andy Reid wanted to challenge that it was a fumble, but the officials apparently said that Mixon gave himself up. And again, I don't want to go so far down that rabbit hole with this, but the rules are the rules. And this is what irritates the hell out of me. If the rules are the rules, then Joe Mixon fumbled the football because he tripped over his own guy and then fell down and then flipped the ball away. And the Chiefs actually jumped on the ball. But apparently the whistle was already blown. And apparently he had given himself up. It's these little plays that make me just squirm as a fan where you say, well, look, you can, you can challenge a spot. You can challenge how many men are on the field. Do they have 11? Do they have 12? Do they get off in time? But one of the biggest plays of the game where a guy breaks free to set up a game-winning field goal and flips the ball away after nobody has touched him, eh, well, I guess we missed it. Ah, whatever, he gave himself up. Unreviewable, can't, you can't look at it. I mean, those type of things, again, if I'm the Chiefs and I'm a fan, I'm going, wait, that's okay? That's okay to do? Right? I guess it's okay then. So either you get everything right and you are able to review everything down to the minutia, or you don't, or just throw it all away. Because you can't review that play, even though it was a clear fumble. Yeah, he broke through. Yes, he broke down the defense. The defense couldn't stop him. But the rules are the rules. If he falls down and nobody touches him and he gives up the ball, that's a fumble. Sorry. And I didn't have a dog in the fight because at that point, Kansas City's not covering. Doesn't matter. They were minus seven. I gave out Kansas City a minus seven. They were going to win by six. So I'm just looking at it as, as a fan going, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. And again, the broadcasting crew had no, absolutely no clue what was going on. Like, you, you got to recognize that. Tony Romo, Jim Nance, come on, man. Romo goes ape crap the week before about whether Travis Kelsey had a touchdown. Wait a second, Jim, we got to look and see if he had a touchdown. But when it comes down to an obvious fumble, they don't even, they're like, oh, they're going to challenge whether they had too many men on the field or in legal formation. No, 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 no. They are challenging whether Joe Mixon was touched and whether he fumbled the ball. So another, you know, a little bit of an asterisk on this game with controversy at the end when you got to be on your P's and Q's. Like if you're an official, you got to be on it, man. Since then, he's driving to try to win and go to the Super Bowl. I cannot make a mistake here. I have to recognize and understand the situation, the gravity of it all. Yeah, but I missed it. It's okay. He surrendered himself. Come on. So Cincinnati moves on to the Super Bowl. They were the uh, long shots. Remember I gave out those long shot futures at betrivers.com on uh, on uh, Friday, and they are in. And, I, I mean, yeah, I'm a little frustrated because I thought the Chiefs were the better team. They're up 21-3. to But as we know, the number is there for a reason. And in the end, Cincinnati wins outright and advances to the Super Bowl. Two-face. The Los Angeles Rams in a double-digit hole. Their coach had called timeouts. Their coach had made all these bad challenges. But Matthew Stafford made some big-time throws, and the Rams eke out a 2017 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, You know, if you're a D.C. fan, 
You're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo going, okay, should this team really be interested in him via trade this offseason or wait until maybe San Francisco cuts him to bring him on? The likelihood of Garoppolo returning to San Francisco is slim. Likelihood of him being traded, probably slim. Likelihood of him being released, high, because they drafted a quarterback to replace him a couple years ago in Trey Lance. Did Jimmy Garoppolo do enough as a Washington football fan to go, yeah, that's our guy. That's who we want to bring in here to lead this new team, new nickname, new logo, new franchise, or not new franchise, but you know what I'm saying. I think the answer is no. And I actually think that, you know, he's got one year left on his contract with San Francisco. Why are the Niners so quick to get him out of here? They got to the NFC Championship with him being a game manager. Yes, the ending was brutal. Yes, it was a bad decision. Yes, when he's on the run and he tries to throw, it's a disaster waiting to happen. That's where you try to continue to coach him up, right? It's like, <laughs> don't do that. Here, here's my coaching tip. Don't do that. And in the end, he was pressured in just a, a strange flip pass that was deflected in the air and the Rams pick it off. But. Looks like Jimmy G's days are numbered in San Francisco, even though I would argue, I, I mean, it's the price tag. He's just getting paid so much money, and he's not really that productive. But, again, they made it to the NFC Championship with him. Despite all of his flaws, defense was fantastic. That guy, I mean, you know, I could dump it off to Demo Samuel, and he can run for 60 yards. But they need a, yeah, I guess they do need an upgraded quarterback. But you see what I'm saying. He fits well in their system. I don't think Jimmy G would fit well in Washington's system. <laughs> I, mean, I just, yeah, you, you just can't kick off your new look with him at quarterback. So I think that ship has sailed, even though it was like a popular narrative during the season, right? Like, hey, maybe the, the Washington football team will go after Jimmy G. But I think the proof's in the pudding. We've seen enough of Jimmy G, and that's not going to be the case uh, moving forward. But as for the game... Another double-digit lead squandered by Coach um, Shanahan. And uh, his squad could not close it out. The Rams, even without all those timeouts and those bad challenges with some big-time plays, Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., uh, they got some weapons offensively. And then the defense uh, comes through in crunch when they had to with, uh, with Donald. The guy's a monster. And uh, they advanced to the NFC title game. And now we'll face the Cincinnati Bengals in Los Angeles, by the way, where there were a hell of a lot of San Francisco fans. That was impressive. But the Rams on their home turf will face the Bengals in a couple weeks. And I guess the early line is at bedrivers.com. Download that app today. It is. Let me click on it here. It is the Rams minus the four. The big game. And the total is actually pretty high. It's 49. That's actually pretty high, don't you think? Rams are minus 190 on the money line. Cincinnati is plus 165. We still have 13 days to make a final call. A big play. I'm feeling a big play for this. Uh, Rams minus four against Cincinnati. Uh, you know what stands out to me right away is 
I would I would have thought this would have been lower, like Rams minus two, Rams minus one. But maybe they're factoring in that they're playing on their home turf. I don't know. So as of today, on a Monday, I'm liking the Bengals getting the points plus four. But again, that that could change. <laughs> that really could change uh, in a couple weeks. So I was one for one over the weekend. Gave out the Chiefs. Was looking good early, but as we all know, uh, early snow sometimes always doesn't stick. Did not stick in that particular case. I gave out San Francisco. So I was one and one on the weekend and Rafael Nadal. So two and one documented this weekend. Now 20 and 23 overall in my picks. We got two weeks to figure out what we're going to do with the Super Bowl. Should be fun. Should be a lot of fun, man. Looking forward to this matchup uh, with Cincinnati and the Los Angeles Rams. When we return... Here on the D.C. CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I tweeted this out on Sunday, but I've seen enough with the Wizards. The loss to Memphis was another just an absolute disaster. Zero competition, zero effort. They got rolled, and I think it's pretty much time to unload your alleged superstar in Bradley Beal. It's time to make a move, ship him off before the trade deadline. I'll explain. That is next. DC CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Frank Hanrahan from VEASAN. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. Presented by Rivers Casino Portsmouth. Must be 21. Play in Virginia only. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-30. DC CityCast presented by Bed Rivers. Download that app right now, bedrivers.com. I'm your host, Frank Hanran from VEASAN. Be sure to follow this DC CityCast. Download, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. A couple things uh, that struck me this weekend, although actually it was this morning, was the New York Giants and their social media putting out a tweet of, their new coach, Brian Dable, showing up for work in a car, getting out of his car, and then walking into the facility. And like the headline was, oh, coach is here to work. I don't know about you. I sound like Larry King here. But these entrance videos, these hype videos, I'm sort of over them. They did that with their new GM a week ago. They do it all the time in NFL and NBA games. I just, yeah. Players show up for games. Coaches show up for work. Like, I don't need to see them walking in with whatever they're wearing. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm showing my age just sort of over it. Uh, anyway, I had to pass it on. Like, yeah, we get it. He's shown up for work. So we'll see how all these new coaches do. It's just funny how NFL is now sort of like college football where and it's not funny. I understand it. It's a business you're trying to win, but these guys are given such a short rope. It's like, let's see how, how it goes, man. Like, great hype video. Now let's, let's see how it goes. <laughs> Speaking of hype, we got a couple of days before the uh, unveiling of the Washington football team. And we said on this uh, podcast, um, commanders would suck. We all know it's going to suck regardless, but commanders... I really think they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes and it's going to be something completely unexpected. I hope that's the case. I really do. 
because Commanders is just so uninspiring. But what do I know? What do I care? We'll see on Wednesday, 2-2-22, and changes are in the air. Speaking of changes, man, did you catch the Wizards uh, game at Memphis on Saturday? So the Wizards, as we all very well know, blew that 35-point lead and lost to the Clippers at home like last Wednesday, I think, or last Tuesday night. And then they had several days to sort of try to get over it and get back on their horse. And they visited Memphis, one of the better teams now in the NBA with with an MVP candidate in John Morant. So you're stewing. You would think you would stew and be like, man, I can't wait to get back out there. We embarrassed ourselves. We were up by 35. We also found out we got screwed by the refs. Let's play a little anxious and edgy and irritated against Memphis. And it was the exact opposite. No anxiousness, no edginess, no irritation, no sense of urgency. The game was over like at the tip. Wizards, I don't even know if they led in this game. It was they were down thirteen to two before you knew it. Memphis was up fifteen to twenty points the whole game. It, it was never in doubt. And Memphis was only a favorite minus five and a half at Bet Rivers when the tip went off, which at that time, I'm like, why is that number so low? Do not give the Wizards any credit. And it sort of dawned on me, and I've, I've been in this corner before where Bradley Beal should be on the trading block, and the fact that this franchise, for whatever reason, considers to con- considers to consider, believes that he's a cornerstone, a franchise face. If... That Memphis Grizzlies game did not solidify that he is not, then I don't know what to tell you. Season low nine points. Again, playing disinterested. This comes after an interview he did on a podcast yet again. Where he's talking about leadership. He didn't answer the bell. The team didn't answer the bell. The coaching staff didn't answer the bell. And as a fan, you're going, all we want to see is a little bit of competitiveness. And that wasn't even the case. But what are you doing? You had four days after getting blown out by the L.A. Clippers. And you come out looking like meek sheep. Lambs for slaughter. And I notice, like none of these guys talk to each other on the court. There's very little emotion. Spencer Dinwiddie after the game saying uh, that he tried to take over a leadership role earlier in the season and he was sort of shot down. (laughs) What does that mean? I don't think any of these guys like each other, quite frankly. That's the way it comes off to me when I watch them. Kyle Kuzma got heated a little bit. He got 30 points. Beal had nine. Daniel Gafford didn't even play, even though he's like one of the few guys that actually plays with some spirit and competitiveness. Uh, Coach West Unsell saying he wanted to see Thomas Bryant in the starting lineup and that three centers is just too many, so he had to choose. And Gafford got the short stick, so he didn't even play. Your $17 million a year sharpshooter, Davis Bertans, didn't even play. And I'm looking at this going, everybody, and I said this last week, Everybody's tradable, clearly. And you can sit here and say that Bradley Beal is not on the trading block, but he should be if you're in management. 
And I was looking at some potential trades, you know, potential suitors for a Bradley Beal. Miami, Dallas come to mind. And I've argued, you know, slew of picks. You know, let's say if you did some work with Miami, you'd want a proven player in return. You just don't want draft picks, right? You know, there's a Tyler Hero out there, a Duncan Robinson. You need some sort of immediate help if you're going to make a trade for Beal, not just draft picks. But this is where Tommy Shepard makes his money. If you're going to deal to Dallas, you want to get something in return plus draft picks. I mean, you got to get a two or three first rounders. I probably two first rounders. And I put this out on Twitter. Actually, I was asked a question about, hey, if you were in Wizards management, what would you do right now? What would be your number one decision? And the number one decision would be, quite frankly, when you have your number one. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, Bradley Beal is your top asset is the word I'm looking for. You got to think about trading him. Absolutely. Because if he's thinking that this is not going to work, which from the way that he's playing and the way that he's performing, you've got to think that he's got some doubts if this is the spot that he wants to be in. And I've seen a lot of people say Beal's checked out. I'm not going to say that he's checked out, but he needs to reassess what his approach is to this game is. Been around basketball for a long time, man. And it's evident and clear as day that he's not in a right spot in terms of his mental approach and his physical approach. He can be fantastic at times and then perform like he did against the Memphis Grizzlies. And I just go back to it. You're sitting there three or four days stewing over your embarrassing loss to the L.A. Clippers, historically bad loss, and your response and your answer to that is what you put out against Memphis. That shows and tells me a lot about your franchise, your team, your coaching staff. That wasn't even like resistance. Zero resistance. To not only your specific situation, but to Memphis. And that's where leadership really does matter. Like that's where your best player has got to get your team rallied around and play better. And they didn't. And they didn't. Uh, So they are what, three games under 500. They've lost five games in a row. And they visit the Milwaukee Bucks. On Tuesday night. And the trade deadline, I believe, is what? Next week? They will be busy, for sure. But will they have the stones and the foresight to try to move their arguably best player in Bradley Beal? Will they do that? I've said they probably won't because they're very stubborn. They love Bradley Beal. They're willing to see and risk if he is going to want to stick around and get all that money, $240 million, which he clearly is not not worthy of right now. That's for sure. And the other thing is people would say, well, why would anybody want Beal? Because of the way that he's playing. That's the question. Well, 
he was a all-star last year. He's still in his prime. Other teams are thinking, man, if we slot him in here and he's a another piece to our puzzle, he's absolutely a big-time commodity. And I think you can't get a lot in return for Bradley Beal. Again, I think it's time to start to try to wheel and deal him. I am sure, though, that the Wizards brass and the Wizards organization has other ideas, and they're going to be stubborn. They're going to stick with this, and they may be a play-in team, maybe not, um, but you're just stuck in mud doing the same thing over and over again. And that's why, after watching Memphis, I'm like, it's it's just time to, to try to some, do something else. Try something new. Put this kid out of his misery, because he looks miserable uh, playing for D.C., when we return here on the D.C. CityCast, we will uh, look forward to tonight. Maybe there's some uh, diamonds in the rough when it comes to some picks and uh, maybe a, an early uh, preview of what to expect in the Super Bowl. D.C. CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Frank Hanran from VEASAN. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. Presented by Rivers Casino Portsmouth. Must be 21. Play in Virginia only. Gambling problem? Call one 888 Monday edition of the DC City Cast presented by Bed Rivers rolls on. I'm your host, Frank Hanrahan from VEASAN. If you listen to the DC City Cast on Spotify, you can now leave us a rating. We appreciate all of your support. Follow along at J. Frank Hanrahan. The um, weekend was very interesting and, in fact, fascinating with the fact that. The news of Tom Brady's imminent retirement comes out on Saturday, the night before two of the biggest games in the NFL. ESPN sticks with the story, and then Tom Brady and company come out and say, oh, not so fast, my friend. And it got me thinking, like, how big is Tom Brady's inner circle? Like, how is this leaking out? Now, Friday, Jason Lock and Four of CBS Sports sort of had a sprinkle story saying, hey, all things point to Tom Brady likely retiring with an announcement soon as folks very close to him continue to believe that that is the case. And I'm just trying to think like outside of my family and I got, you know, a few friends. <laughs> like, like how, who, who is Tom Brady telling? Is it teammates or management, his agent, his family? Who has the the the, the balls to text Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington of ESPN? Like, yeah, I think he's going to hang it up. Like, you can go with that. Do it. Yeah, it's good. We're it's, it, Yeah, yeah, it's happening. So, yeah, run with it. I think Tom Brady's pissed. I'm thinking, he's like, wait a second. I wanted to do this on my time, on my social media, my content. I would come out with the announcement saying that this is it. I'm good to go, baby. I don't want to take away from the playoffs and the focus on that because for a full day, that's exactly what happened. It was ridiculous. And he wanted to control his own narrative. The Bucks GM said that 
Brady told him he hasn't made up his mind. Brady's dad goes on some local media folks saying, yeah, he, this is fake news, classic. So who would be the one to leak this to Adam Schefter? Like, that's what I was thinking about all this weekend. Clearly not somebody that close to Tom Brady. His agent came out with a statement saying, hey, we understand the the importance of this announcement, and Tom's going to do it on his own time. Even his own company tweeted out a thank you to Tom Brady, TV12. A great career. Congratulations. On to the next, yada, yada. And that was deleted. <sighs> when a story of this magnitude is this important, it's sort of it's sort of sad to see the way that it developed. Tom Brady wanted to do it on his own. And for whatever reason, somebody spilled the beans to Adam Schefter. Yeah, how many friends does Tom Brady really have? And even players were tweeting, hey, GOAT, congratulations, man, well-deserved. Like, even his teammates. So I'm thinking it had to be a teammate, right, in Tampa? That Tom texted everybody and said, hey, guys, I thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang him up Monday. Official announcement's coming, but, you know, keep this between you and me. But I think Brady's probably too smart to even do that if he wanted to control his own narrative. So many questions. Who leaked it? So here's my thinking. Yes, he's going to retire. He wanted to do it on his own terms. And now the fact that these reports have come out, he's like, I'm going to make these guys sweat. And as a fan, I would love to see him return just out of spite. Just out of spite. Oh, you think I'm done? Okay. (laughs) Oh, wait. Not so fast, my friend. And I saw a a really funny, not funny, but a a good tweet about this where Brady's reasoning i guess he went on his own, on his own podcast and said hey i i gotta think about this because i really need to spend more time with my family and i saw somebody say well you know the nfl season really is only six months <laughs> he's got the other six to hang with his family <laughs> right i mean all of us are in a pickle all of us are trying to earn a living and we got to make sacrifices and for tom brady if he still wants to play and that's the thing he was playing at a very high level if he wants to go out on top, that's great. He wants to spend more time with his family, that's great. Um, but I, I, I highly doubt that that is the actual reason. Maybe it's, hey, I just don't want to, I'm 44, I'm getting up there. I don't want to have a career-ending injury that could happen in a flash. I don't want to be carted off on a, uh, um, you know, and put into an ambulance. Because, heck, if I played football, that would be my big fear. Like, I don't want to get hit in the head and have to suffer the consequences anymore. Not saying that his family's not important. I'm not saying that at all. But it's the cliche excuse. I want to spend more time with my family. So I'm guessing in the next couple days, pre-Super Bowl, there will be an official announcement. But it is a bit of a sour uh, way to break that news and I'm sure Brady's pissed and the fact that he didn't come out with anything on social media he didn't do his own videos like hey 
hey, everybody relax. Everybody, I'm good. There's nothing official yet. That even adds more to the pot of curiosity as to like, what actually is going on here? What actually is going on here? So that that was interesting. But the great thing about the NFL playoffs was we have completely forgotten about it, right? Like the overriding theme this morning on a Monday was the great games. How about Cincinnati? How about the Rams meeting now for the Super Bowl in a couple weeks in Los Angeles? And as I said at the start of the show, my early lean right now as of Monday afternoon is uh, is is Cincinnati plus a four. Easy team to root for. Joe Burrow, cool. Um, you know, it's uh, this is a, a funny, funny little sidebar story. Samaj P. Ryan, right? Bengals running back who scored a touchdown. I didn't even realize he was still in the league, to be honest with you. He used to play for Washington, was drafted by Washington, was his big draft pick out of Oklahoma. He was just a touchdown machine. Could he translate to the NFL? No, he didn't. Now he's a third down back with Cincinnati. But he was with Washington as a rookie, and I was working for uh, local TV. And, of course, we had to do the the old um, uh, training camp stories. So we went to Richmond. I was in Richmond and got a chance to talk to Samaj P. Ryan, who was like the strongest dude at the combine. Did like an amazing amount of reps on the 225s. And so I had a chance to talk with him for a few minutes after practice one day, and he was awesome. So really engaging dude, really funny. Really had a good time talking with him. So to see him do well in the uh, AFC Championship game was was actually fun to see because he had been written off as a bust and as a disappointment, and for him to be doing some productive stuff with Cincinnati is good to see. So hats off to Samaj P. Ryan, who had a touchdown in the AFC title game. We'll put a bow on the uh, DC CityCast. Oh, before I go, I do have to give you out one selection tonight. Checking out Bed Rivers app right now. Well, the funny thing is, too, the NFL championship odds for already for next year have already been posted at Bed Rivers. Do you know who the favorite is to win next year? <laughs> They're going back with the Chiefs, baby. Plus 750, Bills plus 800, Bengals plus 1,000, Rams plus 1,000. So we could get on, on next year already uh, if we wanted to. Let's wait for the uh, Super Bowl to end before we start jumping on next year. Uh, tonight in... Um, in the NBA, we'll do an NBA pick, documented twenty and twenty three. Uh, hmm, it's a tough one. Oh man, so many, so many juicy picks. I'll take the Raptors plus the two at Atlanta. Raptors plus the two at Atlanta, and we got the Wizards at Milwaukee tomorrow. We'll give out a pick on that one as well. So there you go. That's my official release for today. Raptors plus two at Atlanta. Want to thank you for checking us out here on the DC CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Follow at Bet Rivers on Twitter, at VSIN Live, at J Frank Hanran. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been the DC CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. We'll see you. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.